Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. I hope that you're doing well. It's me, Damien Barr. I'm doing a lot better now. I'm getting over COVID and I'm nearly on the other side. And I've just started reading again. I couldn't read when I was poorly um, and now I'm feeling up to words on a page again. So it's really good to be able to bring you some of the books that we are most excited about. Today's book is The Good Left Undone. Now it's by the hugely accomplished author, award-winning film director, screenwriter, playwright, and television writer and producer, Adriana Trigiani. That's a long business card, isn't it? But she is a talented person. She sold millions of books in 38 languages around the world. And when I got the pitch for this, it reminded me very much of Jojo Moyes and I was excited to dive in. So Adriana wrote and directed the film Big Stone Gap which was based on her debut novel and I found out about it when Whoopi Goldberg and Sarah Jessica Parker were raving about it. Romance is at the heart of this novel but as so often with romance books as with crime it's a way into telling a bigger story so the story of two people or a love triangle is a way of telling the, the story of a historical period and this book is really about the consequences of fascism and the treatment of Italian people in the UK at that time. Again it's another one of those hidden histories these histories aren't hidden by accident, they're hidden because of shame, they're hidden by power, they're hidden by prejudice, and we're going to keep finding them, and they need to keep being told, and I think fiction's very often the best place for doing that. So in this reading that's coming up, it's 1940, and Ettore Sabatini is a dapper maitre d' working at the Savoy Hotel in London, which many of you will know from our salons. Ettore has just been arrested and sent to Bury outside Manchester as a prisoner of war. The story is based on real events. This was a policy that affected thousands of Italians living in the UK at the time that Mussolini joined the Axis. So here is Adriana with a reading. Hello my friends, this is Adriana Trigiani, the author of The Good Left Undone. I love my readers in the United Kingdom for so many reasons, but we share a heritage in lots of ways. Uh, me by marriage. I'm married to a man of Scottish descent. And we've also had an affinity for you all these years. So it's a thrill for me to bring you this new novel that is set a great swath of it in the UK, in London, and in Scotland. The Good Left Undone. Savatini walked through the mill, searching for familiar faces, knowing that the most important aspect of a major d's duties was to make connections. His eyes fell upon a group under a window, three men who had formed a circle. This looked like the group for him. He needed a drink, and they were sipping grappa. Savatini reached into his pocket to count his cigarettes, he had exactly 13 left, which would get him through to the morning. Gentlemen, Sabatini said as he joined Antica Matuzzi and Piccolo Matuzzi, the older Matuzzi's son. Where are you from? Glasgow. Piccolo extended his hand, introduced himself and the others. No, I meant in Italy. Where are your people from? Antica lit up. 
Bardi, do you know it? I'm from Amelia Romano too, from the hills. Antica made room on his suitcase. Sit, sit. Sabatini sat. What do you make of this? He drew a circle in the air with his cigarette. I served in the Great War, Matuzzi offered, and there's nothing about this that makes any sense at all. They arrested me in the hotel kitchen. I was starting my day as I always do. I never met a cook who wore patent leather shoes, Matuzzi offered the men to rouse savory biscuits his wife has made. Sabatini laughed and helped himself to a Tyrell. I'm the maitre d' at the Savoy. I live in the hotel. I observed plenty in my time there, and I figured they arrested me because I knew a thing or two about the gambling that goes on in the salon there. Half of Churchill's cabinet sits in on the games. Write to him, Antica said. If you know the man, write to him and tell him this is a terrible mistake. Let them play their games, Sabatini said. This is a message from Mussolini and nothing more. Churchill cannot tolerate spies and sacrifice the Italians to make a point. But we are not the enemy. We are loyalists, Matuzzi insisted. It's almost impossible to prove one's loyalty. It's a lot like love. It can only be proved in reciprocity, Sabatini explained. Antica poured Sabatini a cup of grappa. The tin cup was regulation issued by the British Navy. Sabatini thanked him and swirled the liquor inside the cup. He sipped the grappa. It burned his throat before the warmth spread through his body. A man used to drinking from crystal won't like the taste of a metal cup, Antica said. It doesn't matter what I like now, gentlemen, or what I'm used to. It's about what I can endure. Sabatini looked around the mill. What we can endure. I'm happy to make new friends. Father Fricazzi, the priest on board, had spent the evening comforting the prisoners. The following morning, he found a corner and set up a makeshift altar on his suitcase. The altar cloth, chalice, paten, and picks were placed on the suitcase as they would be on a marble altar at St. Urban's in Ancote. The police had been kind enough to let him pack the essentials of his trade in the rectory before putting him on the train to Worth Mills. Father Fricazzi opened his prayer book and made the sign of the cross. A few men removed their hats and joined him. Word spread through the mill that the priest was saying mass. Let's pray. Matuzzi said and turned to the altar. Sabatini was skeptical. He whispered to Antica, my faith is in the farmer who churns the butter from my scampi. Sabatini believed it until the chatter in the mill fell away, until a reverent silence set in and the only voice that could be heard inside the mill was Fricazzi's. Gentlemen, it may appear in this situation that we're in that we are helpless, but I assure you, God is listening, the priest said. Antica leaned in to hear the message. Piccolo Matuzzi put his hands on his father's shoulder. Sabatini pulled a cigarette out of his case. He looked at the altar and sheepishly returned the cigarette to the case. He too listened to the priest. Father Fricazzi continued, he will not forsake you. He will not abandon you, but you must pray. God knows your heart. St. Bernard of Clairvaux was the wise doctor of the faith. 
He encouraged us to reflect on the past, make peace with it. You cannot control the evil done to you. You cannot turn back and write the good left undone. You cannot make up for the time wasted, but you can earn your salvation. Open your heart to his love. All is forgiven. We find our strength in our confession. And we need it, gentlemen. We need it. Antika shivered when he heard Fakazi's words. Did the priest know something? Forgive me, my brothers. I don't have enough wafers to give each of you Holy Communion. When I was collected at the church yesterday, I brought only the essentials. It did not matter to the men, to the prisoners. They knelt for the consecration. Antika opened his suitcase. He smiled at the thought of his wife who had insisted he take the bread for his journey. Even in this instance, she was right. Antika tapped the man kneeling in front of him and handed him the bread. The man nodded and tapped the man in front of him, giving him the bread to pass forward. And so it went until it passed through the crowd and made it to Fakazi's makeshift altar. Fakazi thanked the men for the bread and proceeded with the mass. He prayed over Antika's donation and consecrated it. Fakazi broke the bread and invited the men to take communion. A prisoner in the front row stood to serve as altar boy. Others became ushers and helped organize the rows of communicants in an orderly fashion. So Fakazi might serve every prisoner in Worth Mills. Prakazi began to distribute communion to the men closest to the altar. He broke a few crumbs, placing one on the tongue of the first prisoner, then another and another. Each communicant made the side of the cross before returning to his knees to pray. By the time the priest reached Antica in the back, there was a small piece of the consecrated bread left. You provided the bread, the priest said to Antica. Antica nodded. Thank you. Antica kept his head down. He hadn't been to church since the incident that ruined his hand. I'm not worthy, Father. You are worthy, my brother. Fakazi waited. He placed the consecrated host, a crumb of bread so small, the priest had to pinch it between his thumb and forefinger and placed it on Antica's tongue. Antica tasted the bread of life and felt redeemed. At night, the mill heaved with a sound reminiscent of the breath of a whale as the men slept on their straw sacks. Moonlight streamed through the broken skylights. Antica sat against the wall on his straw bed. He couldn't sleep. He looked out over the vast factory floor, the round contours of the men's bodies in repose in the dark, reminded him of the harvest season on his father's farm outside Bardi, Italy, when he was a boy. Antica would watch his father from the farmhouse window as he walked the field in the moonlight. His father would caress the wheat and whistle. For anything to grow in this world, you had to first love it. Antica wondered if he would ever see anything grow again. He would have to survive this, but deep in his soul, Antica was not sure it was possible.
what a note to end on. Thank you for that exclusive reading, Adriana. As you will discover for yourself, this book is about a really challenging time in history, but it's also a romance and a multi-generational family saga that spans a century and takes us to Italy, France and the UK. And the real crux of the story lies in the Cabrelli family legacy, where you learn that a family is only as good as its stories. So take your time, enjoy all the lush descriptions in this book. The Good Left Undone is published by Michael Joseph, who we love, and is available now to order at your nearest independent bookshop. Please be sure to share this episode with anybody who enjoys sweeping historical fiction and big-hearted family stories. And if you'd like to learn more about what we've got going on at the Salon, then please join our newsletter, where subscribers get lots of joy. All right, I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening, and take good care.